And even in those things that are still on the list, I still see God working and I still see him doing Um, So I'm just thankful for that on today. And so for my title, even we're still in this series in time of distress. And for those who've been here, you know I've been going down the alphabet. And so we almost to the end of this, y'all. We've been in this series since January, and we're on the letter T. And I, I just want to use for the title today, To a Life Above. So the T stands for two, right? <laughs> to a life above. And so uh, Pastor Johnson read Philippians 3 and 14. Amen. And I thank God for that scripture because that is that, other than 1 Kings, that is my favorite book in the Bible. So oftentimes when I'm struggling, um, when I'm struggling in my life, Personally, you know, I go to Philippians. And I always think about how when Paul was in this situation, when he was locked in prison, no less, he still said, I count it all joy. Amen. So when I'm when I'm looking for direction, God often takes me to this book. Um, and so in times of distress, we have to learn to look to the hills from where cometh our help. And so Philippians 3 and 14 tells us to press, right? It tells us to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus, right? And if you read the Good News Translation, it tells you to press towards the life above, right? And what it means by pressing towards the call, the high calling is, it's like Jesus is up high, he's above, and he's calling you. He's calling for you. He's like yelling out of his out of out of heaven, come here. And he's asking you to press towards that. Press towards a life above. So when you are in a time of distress, when things are are, are not going right, or even when they're going right, you have to continue to press because you know when we talk about look to look to the hills from where coming your help. You know, that 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 kind of it kind of implies that sometimes you're gonna be in a valley and you're gonna have to look up. But oftentimes all all mountains are not the same. So you can be on the top of one mountain and still there's something higher than you that will cause you to need to look up. And one of the things that I I'm I'm realizing, I just began smiling this Sunday, I started shooting out my Sunday text, inviting different people to church. And I was I was talking to one of my one of my daughters, the former students, and she is considering moving to Atlanta. And I just I just started shaking my head and I just started smiling. It's not the fact that she's moving to Atlanta, but I just told her like, what's running up? Like you can't run like you gonna be the same person in Albany that you are in Atlanta. Like a lot of times we try to run, you know, to be to become different, to become something else. And it's fine if God is calling you to a place. If he's calling you to a place, then go. Because you're not going to that place to escape. You're going to that place for God. But if you're just going somewhere to go, right? But I just began, I just began smiling at her. And, you know, she was just saying how nobody understands her. And, and you know, she knows that it's something great that she's supposed to do. And I told her, I don't doubt any of that. I know you got something great to do. But what we don't realize is if we're not, if it does not involve God, it's not going to turn out how you want it to turn out. 
I don't care what it is. Even if you're trying to do something for God, but God ain't tell you to do it, it's not going to turn out how you expect it to turn out. So we always got to be looking up for our direction, for our help, for our strength. We always have to look up. And so this going to get personal in a, in a moment. <laughs> but um, this this is kind of this, this first part it is for everyone in this church. And so, like I said, every so often God has me do something called Vision Sunday to refocus myself, refocus the body. Um, when I say the body, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about prayer, praise, speech, and deliverance. And I know we call it 3PD, but I want y'all to understand what that stands for. Prayer, praise, preach, and deliverance, right? Prayer goes for. Praise goes for. Preaching and teaching goes for. And then hopefully somebody's going to get delivered. Right? And so my, my question is, how many of us in here are running towards a life above? Or are you just running? Right? You're running from people. And you, you might be thinking, I ain't, I, I'm not running for nobody. I ain't scared of nothing. But a lot of times you can still be running from people, right? You can be running from, I don't want to be like my daddy. I don't want to be like my mama, right? Even though they know where around you, you're running from this idea of, I don't want to turn out like them. You can be running from hurt, running from bad relationship, running from failure, running from shame, running from disappointment. But are you running towards a life above or are you just running? And the same thing that I was telling, telling you know, my daughter this morning, this morning about Atlanta, right? When I'm talking about, when I'm talking about running, I'm not talking about escapism. Right? You're trying to just escape. There is nowhere that you can go and God will not be there. Amen. Glory. Wherever you go, he is going to be there and he has a call on your He's calling. Wherever you go, he's still in heaven and he's still calling you. And it's still your duty and your responsibility to press towards that. So what I'm describing when I'm talking about, you know, running after something. When I'm talking about pressing towards a, a high calling, I'm talking about what Jesus was preaching about in his Sermon on the Mount. You have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. You ever been really, really thirsty and all you want is some water? And when you get that water, it's so good and you can't get enough. That should be our desire for God. We should constantly be thirsty for more Jesus, more of what he had for us, more of his plans for us, more of his vision, more of his power. All of those things, constantly running and pressing towards that. And so in that same book, right, so even, y'all, this, this, as I was reading through my journals, right? I know this sounds like a long testimony, but it's just what God caught me this sudden. As I was reading through my journals and just looking back, you know, as I'm writing and I'm talking, I'm talking you know, my thoughts and my feelings out to God, going through uh, bankruptcy, going through um, when my pastor passed back in 2015, going through troubles with my kids, going through disappointments of not getting the job that I want, getting, going through the disappointment of thinking I'm getting ready to start a church only to have somebody steal money from me and have to go back after I done stood up in the church and told me that God told me to leave so now I'm feeling like a failure like I'm right, all of these disappointments in there 
that I'm writing out and I'm working out my salvation in fear and trembling. I'm talking and I'm walking with God. All of these things in there and now to be standing here and God and, and looking back over all of that and to see that God answered every single prayer. Yes. Has met every single need. Even when it seemed like this ain't going to work out. He still comes through. And so right now I can say that I know that I'm saved. I know that he's using me. I know that he loves me. I know that he got a plan for my life. But I feel just like Paul in the 12th and the 13th verse when he says, I do not claim to have already succeeded. So even though everything in my life is good right now, I'm not standing up here claiming to y'all that everything in my life is perfect. I know I have not already succeeded. I am not perfect. But one thing that I do, I keep striving. I'm still striving. Even though he's answered all of my prayers, I'm still striving for the prize which Christ Jesus has already won me to himself. He already got everything that I need. He already wanted for me. All I got to do is be where he is. My stuff is waiting on me. Your stuff is waiting on you. But the question is, are you running to a life above or are you just running? Paul says, of course, my brothers and sisters, I really do not think that I have already won it. One thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. And that's why I was saying some of us, we're not running to a life above. We're just running, right? You're trying to escape your past. You're trying to escape past mistakes. Well, Paul says, forget all of that. You can start a new race today. Amen. You can start a new walk today. And you can start pressing towards a life above today. You can forget everything that's behind you. You can forget all the time that you let God down. You can forget all the times that you made the wrong choice. You can forget all the times that you said the wrong things. And you can start today to press towards a life above. Remember now, this is Vision Sunday. So if you do not have a vision for your life, right? I was telling my owner bear last night, I'm saying as the head of your house, you have to have a vision for your life, a vision for your family. Like, what are you going to do as a family for the future that is going to glorify God? I ain't talking about your job. Like, you got a five-year plan to, to, to be the, the president or whatever it is. I'm talking about a spiritual vision for your family that you're pressing towards, that you're working towards. That's going to sustain you when everything else fails you. That's what I'm talking about, pressing towards. You can start that today. You can forget everything that's behind you and do your best. And do your best to reach what is ahead. No matter where you are in this season in your life, it is time to look above. It's time to look above. Stop looking side to side. Stop looking backwards. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop looking at your mama and your daddy and your brothers and your sisters and your cousins and your co-workers. It's time to look above and say, God, what do you have for me? Amen. 
And so this is the part that, you know, before, this, this is the part I, I want everyone in here to get. And so I, I had another, God just been, just, just encouraging my spirit this week. I talked to another one of my spiritual sons, um, Dreek, this week. And he called me just to tell me that he had, you know, they were a member here for a couple of years and in America, and he and his wife and his kids, and they ended up moving to Atlanta. And it's just with their work schedule and, and other things, it's just been a struggle for them to participate in church like they were in Albany. But he told me, he called to tell me that he went to church, and he said, he said, Pastor, I felt something that I never felt before in my life. He said, I got the praising God. I got the crying. He said, and then my tongue started moving, and I know I wasn't doing it. And I just began smiling. And, and so many times, you know, we make this journey about us. We make it about our house. But I just, I just begin to thank God that, that I was able to play a role in his life for years. If, if that role was in order to get him to the point where he would receive the Holy Spirit, yeah. when he would receive yeah. the Holy Ghost, yeah. then it was all worth it, yeah. right? And so I know sometimes we get sad when people leave, but God has a call. Yes, yes. Right? And so what I'm saying, like, this this next part, I want y'all to understand, in order to grow, and, and, when, and when my wife was praying, I, I was I just began smiling in because she talked about being planted in water, right? In order to grow as a Christian, you have to be planted somewhere. And I said that story about Dreek because honestly to me, y'all, it does not matter whether you are a member of this church or another church, but you need to be planted. You need to be planted somewhere in this season. This world is too crazy for you not to have a cover. Now, if you're afraid, if you're afraid to, to be up under leading somebody leadership or you know that they're not living what they say, then don't plant yourself there. But that does not change the fact that you need to be planted. In order to grow in anything, you have to be planted. You have to be watered, and you have to receive the proper amount of sun. You got to be pruned. You got to bear fruit, right? So I want to encourage everybody, right? Because I'm getting ready to talk to the members of 3PD. And I hope and pray that when I begin to speak to them, that, that, that if you're a visitor today, you would get something from it. But I want y'all to understand, it's like, uh, you, I can't, I can't. Unless God gives me a word, I can't speak to you the same way that I speak to my own kids. That, that, that's the analogy that I'm using. I'm not saying they like like they beneath me, they're my kids, but you know, I can speak over my house. Yes, Lord. I can't go into somebody else's house and speak over them. Yes, 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 yes. Right? So if you're not planning, then who's speaking over you? It's probably your friends. It's probably, you know, who is it? Yes. Whose influence is it? The person on the TV? Where do you get your wisdom from? Where do you get your remedy from? Where do you get your answer from? Who do you confide in? Who do you tell your feelings? Who do you pour your heart out to? Who's speaking into your life? Who's encouraging you if you're not planning? So how can you expect to grow? So I encourage y'all today to not only attend church, but to be planning. 
You have to plant your roots somewhere in order to grow. I've never seen a plant grow that does not have roots somewhere. Amen. If you ever been like in, in a place where you you ever seen the vines that grow up out the ground but they wrap into the trees? Mm-hmm. Even they got roots. They plant it. In order to grow, you have to be planted. Right? And so do you think that God speaks to and guides his creations? One of the things that makes us different than plants and animals is our ability to choose. And the reason that I ask y'all that is because as I begin to just speak to this house and to everyone under the sound of my voice, you know, I just, this month, for those who don't know, we every month our church has like a theme and they're the basics. Like we start a year, we start every year off talking about why scripture so that we know why the word is important. And we go through different topics whether it's sin or the way to Christ or the Holy Spirit, and this month is prophecy. And if you remember the, if you're a member of this church, for our visitors, I think at the beginning of this year, I went to each member of the church, and I just began to talk to them about prophecy. Almost every member about prophecy. And I was telling them why, why, why I kind of stopped prophesying. Because a lot of times when you speak over people's life, they get discouraged or they blame you or it's just a lot of weight when God speaks to you when you're responsible for saying what thus saith the Lord. But I'm I'm so thankful that he's bringing me back. That he's bringing me back. And so a lot of people, what I began to realize, like just talking to, especially my daughter, the one I was talking about moving to Atlanta is, a lot of people, because they're not planning anywhere, and there are so many voices that's, that's, that's competing for our time and attention these days. And we don't know who to listen to. We don't know when God is talking. We got social media talking to us, the TV talking to us, our friends talking to us. We bounce from church to church. We got people who grew up in the church, right, that know the word. And they talk to us sometimes, but we also don't see them living right. So it's like we don't know who to talk to. And what we do, instead of of doubting people, we end up doubting God. Or we just create a God of our own. And just say, our God can be just as good as they God. And that's dangerous. So that's why that question is up there. Do you think that God speaks and guides his creation? Do you think that God has a plan for your life, that he's able to talk to you, and he's able to guide you towards where he wants you to be? Do you think that God is calling you today? Do you think that he's concerned about you today? Hallelujah. And the difference between us and a planet animal is when God calls us, we have a, we have a choice whether we're going to listen or not. Birds just do what birds do. Animals just do what they do. Right? They're driven by nature. We have a choice. We have a choice. Amen. So here I go, y'all. And I hope that this this message blesses you. Amen. So I, I just began... If you know anything about my story, basically, back in 2013, back in 2013, God basically told me for 
three to four years, he was going to work on me. He was going to work on me. Right? He was going to teach me how to live. And then he told me, he said, around 2017, he says, after I teach you how to live, then basically I'm going to bless you for five years. And so the five years will be up in 2022. It's coming to an end. And right after he told me I was going to bless you for five years, he says, after those five years, you can't see what's going to happen. Right? And so it's coming, those five years of blessing. And so when I say that, y'all, like, everything that I'm getting ready to say is, is not because I've done anything. It's all because of God. So the Lord has given me a house that I don't have to pay for. He's gotten my kids out of jail. He's spared my, my kids from hurt, harm, and danger. He's allowed my wife not to work. He's allowed, he, he's used me and he's given me faithful helpers to purchase this building. And I'm 40 years old, right? He's taken me to the top of my job, right? He's allowed this church to survive after suffering the death of this pastor to still maintain and never miss a rent payment, never miss a light bill. Sometimes with six members. Right? So when I when he say for five like blessing me, he's giving me influence. Right? Stand in front of coronavirus. I could go out, I could stand up here all day. Y'all be like, that's what we got going on. I could stand up here all day. Right? I've seen people get saved. I've seen y'all have babies. I've seen y'all buy houses, buy highlights. And I hate to harp on the material thing because I've seen the spiritual growth as well. But he's just, he's done everything that he said. And so when I sat down this Thursday, right? And I was sitting in the kitchen this Thursday, God just began to tell me the next five years. And that's what I'm going to share with y'all today. The next five years. But here is the kicker. Are you planning? Right? See, a lot of times you want, like, you can't, if you're not attached to the tree, somebody tree, right? So maybe your blessing is not attached to 3P, 3PD's tree. And that's fine. But where is your blessing? Where is your help going to come from? Be attached to something. Be planted, right? So today I, I want to share what God has in store for 3PD for the next five years. And some, um, some, of, some of this, y'all have to reach out to me at the service because it's personal to you. The parts that I can share for certain ones today, I will share. But he just began to, he just began to talk to me, and this is one of the things that I'm faithful for. He started with the children. The first names that popped in my head were the babies, right? And he told me, right? And I wrote this down, and I wish, I wish. That brother Marcus was here because he said something last Sunday about accountability. Right? So God said to me, He said, It's your responsibility to do it, but it's the church's accountability to make sure that it gets done. Right? He says, As the pastor, it's your responsibility, but it's the members' accountability to make sure that it gets done. So He told me, It's my responsibility to 
sow into my daughter prayer. And I began to think that when all the time, y'all, like, when she is like, when she walks to the altar, my expectation is the Holy Spirit is going to move. And the closest thing that I can relate that to in the word is when 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 they were walking by and folks got in their shadow and caught the Holy Spirit. The Lord said that's what that is. Right? And so he said, My responsibility is to sow prayer into her. And it clicked because a, a few months ago she asked me, we had a bad daughter, bad daughter talk, and she said, Will you pray with me? She said, Because I sometimes I don't know what to say. And when God spoke that to me, it, it all clicked. It convicted me. It, it, it inspired. It did everything on the inside. For Ethan, he said wisdom. For Lena, who was online, he said so peace. For RJ, who was online, he said so prophecy. And for Ellie, he said so power. And I had a revelation last night, missionary, that I would offer. Because I keep referencing the conversation that I had with Armaberry. Because for, for those who don't know, I got saved at 24. And at that same time, I started teaching in high school. So all these kids that I would come in contact with, Shania, Chelsea, Cage, like, they end up coming to church with me at 15, 16, 17 years old. And two of the first two kids that attached themselves to us were Octavia and Trez. And the Lord revealed to me last night that, and, and like, I want this to encourage you because of God's faithfulness, but I also want you to, I also want this to inspire you and to help you understand why, why you have to always press towards the mark, towards the life of love. Because God revealed to me that last night, what, it, what God spoke over Ellie that day y'all came to the office, he said it was intended for you. As the firstborn, it was intended for you. But I think about how in the Bible how it passed over the older kids and fell on the younger ones. And so y'all like, I'm saying that to y'all to I'm thankful that he started with the kids because it may seem like, it may seem insignificant but really what God is saying is, don't worry I already got another generation waiting. You say what I'm building right now is going to last because I already got another generation that's going to take it over when you're not here. So there's nothing to worry about. And that's why he started with the kids. And so for my wife, and it's my responsibility, but it's your accountability. The Lord said to see her fully. And he's going to begin to show y'all, or and when I say he's going to begin to show y'all, it's nothing you gotta do. Just watch. Watch how he starts, how he starts to use her. And you're gonna like you're gonna start to realize all that she means. You ever heard of saying you never miss something till it's gone? And I'm not saying God's gonna take them, but you gonna we come to a point in our life where we don't realize how important a person is to us. Until they not speaking to us, until they not, you know, praying for us, until they not encouraging us, or until they not laughing with us, and that's not to say God gonna take us, but He might move you somewhere, right? So you need to start appreciating and seeing her for who she is fully. And and for Teacher Tony, I'm trying to go fast, but I know it's personal, and God got 
Because I don't want to lose nobody, but I also don't care at the same time. So, <laughs> amen. Because it is good to work. Amen. So, y'all got to just throw the finger up. But for Teacher Tony, amen, he taught me to train. Right? And so I know you may think, well, Pastor, I've been in training this whole time, but you ain't seen nothing yet of how he's getting ready to use you. Right? And, and for my helper who's online for KK, he said to love her. Right? To love her. And so I say, y'all have to, you know, this is specific for these people, but y'all reach out. For, for my nephew who's online, he said, disciple him. For my armor bearer, he said, release him. And he knows what that means. And I told him his last night. For, for armor bearer Esau, he said, to challenge you. For Brother Marcus, he said to confide. So, so we should take that back to him. And he's talking to me, but he's also talking to y'all. Mm-hmm. If y'all notice, he's the one who always puts the prayer request into the group meeting. He's letting you know that that is, when you need someone to confide in in the church, you can confide in him. Amen. And then for Sister Paige, who's probably not online, but her sisters are here. He said to reach for her. To reach for her. And brother Janelle, I got your name here, and I got you circled, and I got a question mark by I can't tell you what it means. <laughs> but you in here. You right here on, on, on the bottom line. Amen. Amen. And so, I, you know, those are the names that I have written down, but I, I want to say this to Brother Roosevelt. I want to say this to Brother Moran, to Brother Carl, to to um, to all of the musicians. Amen. And how I how I value you all's coming, how I miss y'all, and I told y'all this before. How I miss y'all when y'all are not here, and I know specifically Brother Roosevelt and Brother Carl that you all play. Um, you know, at other churches and Brother Roosevelt, I, I talk to you often, you know, once or twice a week or once every two weeks. Um, and so I know you're fully planted with 3PD, right? And I was just thinking about you, Brother Taylor, and it's like God has so much. And I, and when I say I think about y'all, most of the time God is convicting me because I'm feeling like I'm not doing a good job as a pastor in terms of sowing into you all like I need to. And what I say, what I mean by that is, like when I thought about you, Brother Taylor, it's like every time I look at you, I consider where you came from, meaning your, 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 how you grew up in the church. And then I think about the fact that you are here worshiping with us for this season in your life. And it's like God be telling me, don't waste it. Like, I need you to do what I, I need you to do what I call you to do concerning Taylor while he's here. Because I sent him here for you. Because I have things for him to do. And when I don't talk to you or when I don't check on you or when I don't, it makes me feel bad. And it's the same thing with Brother Carl. Like, you, you, he's so quiet and I know he's quiet, but that don't mean I got to be quiet. <laughs> And I, and, and I know that it's like I, he got stuck and it's the same thing like the calling is there 
And it's like we don't see them because they sing behind instruments. But the calling is there and God got things for y'all to do during this season. And so the same thing that I'm saying to the rest of the congregation is for y'all. You got to be planted and connected to something in order to grow. And so God has said, you know, this God has said for me to tell y'all and going forward, 2022 is going to be about sonship. And what that means is learning what it means to be a king's kid. I'm talking to 3PD now. The train you got in on, right? So now you got in on. And that's what I love about God. You don't have to be there at the beginning. As long as you get in, right? As long as you get in, you good. You get the same rewards. You get the same inheritance as every other child. No less. But God, in the, in the next couple, of, in the next five years, God is going to stress the operation of his spirit. Right? He's going to stress the operation of his spirit. So for the next five years, God is going to demonstrate what it means to be a king's key. And the question that he has for you is, what are you going to do with your inheritance? God said he's going to give it to us during this season, physically and spiritually. But the test is stewardship. God does not want the money he gives you. He wants the vision he gives you. So what that means is when God tells us to press towards the life above, he wants you, he's like, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of stuff. What you going to do with it? And I'm not looking for you to pay me back with money. I'm looking for you to pay me back with vision. I'm looking for you to take what I give you. I'm looking for you to take this word. I'm looking for you to take this prayer. I'm looking for you to take this fellowship. I'm looking for you to take all the ways that the spirit is getting ready to move in your life. And I want you to give it back to me by demonstrating that you have a vision. So when he works with you, teacher Tony, he wants, he wants you to pay him back by demonstrating that you have a vision for everything he's getting ready to give. Faith without works is dead. People with no vision or bystanders will struggle during the next five years. If you don't have a vision for your children over the next five years, you're going to struggle. Because it's going to seem like you're being pulled in every direction and you don't know what to do. And you know why it seems like you don't know what to do? Because you don't know what to do. Right? The words say there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Why do people perish for lack of wisdom and knowledge? No vision. So God, over the next five years, God wants you to understand your inheritance. And and, and I did the Lord just say that just you know you ain't even an eye. That's your name. Yes, I do He wants you to understand your inheritance. He's getting ready to resurrect dead things. 
And when I when I wrote that, I saw relationships that were left for dead, right? Because y'all gotta understand, when you a king's kid, you can ask your father for anything. And it just so happens that the God we serve is a God that can raise people from the dead. He wants us to understand what it means to be a royal priesthood. Right? And what it means, and when I wrote when I when I wrote that, he says, he wants us to understand what it means to touch sacred things. So what that means is you will be able to go into a space, and when you touch it, it becomes sacred. He wants us to understand what blessings really means and salvation really means. Right? So I'm almost done, y'all. But here's the kicker. Here's the here's the part. Here's the part, and I had a scripture for this. I, and I, I, I got a scripture for this. Here's the part that I want y'all to realize. And some of y'all, and I might say, if you don't have vision or you're not used to me, you might think, what is man talking about all this time? Right? If you think, what is he talking about? Because I'm talking five years down the road, and some of us can't even see the next week. I'm not saying that in a bad way, that's just the reality. We don't know what we're going to do next week. But after the five years, because God says that the test is going to be stewardship. He says, after the five years, I challenge you to give away a tenth of everything that I give you. He says, I challenge you to give away a tenth of everything that he's going to give you in the next five years. So if God give you $5 million in the next five years, give away a tenth of it. If he sows it to you spiritually, whatever it is, just see what he can do with it. If you, if you just use a tenth of that gift after he bless you. Regardless of what you have, right? And then he told me, he says that jealous hearts has, have already been sown, do not worry. And I thought about Matthew 25 and 29, and this is, this is the story of the woman who basically they were walking around giving, and it was some people who were giving out of their abundance. They were millionaires, and they would drop a dollar in the plane. And the other lady only had two pennies, and she put both of the pennies in there. And Jesus was basically like, she has given more than everybody else. And it's the same principle. God says, when I give you all of these things over the next five years, I want to see what you're going to drop in the plane. If you're going to just put a little bit in after the abundance, or you're going to put it, you're going to go all in. Right? God is getting ready to lead us into new territory, something we would not and could not imagine. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so I close with, I know y'all might be saying, that might be the greatest sermon I ever heard in my life. Amen. But everything I said is in the Word. Even in that, even that last part. Because Jesus said, I came to give life, and I came to give it wood. It's in the Word. It's prophecy in the Bible. Is in the word. 
So I challenge y'all, I close with, I challenge y'all to be looking towards a life above. It's time. It's, it's about how many more? Six more months left in this year. Between now and the end of the year, ask God to give you a vision. Don't, don't, don't spend your time making no vision board now. Posting <laughs> pictures and stuff, and then the next year it's under your bed or in the closet. Right? Ask him to write it on your heart. Yes. Say, God, give me a vision and write it on my heart that I will never forget it, that I won't stray, that I will always stick to it once you show it to me. And when God give you that vision, plant your feet. Plant your feet. And from then on out, just keep looking up. Keep looking up. Amen. 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 Amen.